Attention parents and coaches. Do you wish you had a safe social media platform for your youth athletes? Fortunately for you, there's a revolutionary new app that helps with just that. Introducing Small Player Big Play. Small Player Big Play app provides young athletes, parents, and coaches a user-friendly sports social media platform. The app allows users to connect with friends, make new friends, create groups, text, chat, and post pictures and videos of you and your teammates participating in your favorite sport or activity. To begin, users can simply download and sign up for the app using an email account. Younger users have the ability to sign up using their smartphone and a parent's email address. From there, users can begin to interact and engage with other users of the app. Small Player Big Play app also gives users the ability to live stream full games and events. You can live stream your event so that friends, family, or anyone in the world can see you in action. Users can also share posts from the app to their other social media accounts like Facebook and Twitter. What are you waiting for? Get in the game and share your love of sports with the world. Download the Small Player Big Play app today. Are you ready to listen to my dad Joe and Uncle Justin talk about sports? Now on with the show. The Joe Mays and J Raff Show is brought to you by Mays Sandwich Shop, which has been serving the greater Westlawn area delicious food for over 70 years. You are listening to The Joe Mays and J Raff Show. Boring. A. <clears throat> weekly podcast about sports since 2011. Don't you ever get tired of being wrong all the time? With a focus on football. Kansas City 31, San Francisco 20. Mahomes takes the snap. He's just going to throw it long for Demarcus Robinson. It is going to use up all the time. The game is over. And the Chiefs kingdom has firmly planted its flag on top of football's highest summit. City Chiefs are champions of Super Bowl 54. Now, here are your hosts, Joe Mays and Justin Raffoff. Well, good evening, everyone, and welcome back to the Joe Mays and J-Raff Show. I am one of your hosts, Joe Mays. And joining me, yes, he is here in studio, but we are socially distanced, so he's a little bit away, but I will pull him up and let you see Mr. Justin Raffoff. Yeah, it's uh, good to be here. Um, you know, we we are following the protocols like like we have for all our shows since we've been back, but it is, it is fun to do the show in person uh, here where... Where we've well, we've gotten used to doing the show like this for years and years and years. So it is fun to be back here. Um, I I was saying to someone the other day how it is a lot easier, or I guess more natural to do the show this way than it is on on the phone. Just more conversational, I guess. Yeah, it definitely is. I enjoy it much more than uh, doing it via phone. But you know, you do what you got to do. Strange times uh, calls for something different. Right, so. and I would rather talk on the phone. With sport, well, or through the internet or whatever, with you about sports, then not like right. That's yeah. just that's just crazy that's talk. Just not, like that's not happening <laughs> yeah. again. That's the uh, reason we started the show was because uh, we were essentially doing this anyways, exactly. whether it was voice or text, talking about uh, all these different things. 
But um, yeah, so we're back. A little bit of a surprise being back on this show. Yeah. We were supposed to be doing Bulldog Hour for the majority of August, but, you know, related to uh, the coronavirus, things are, uh, you know, thrown off, delayed. But there will be high school sports in Pennsylvania. Hey, we'll, we'll take delayed. That's, we'll um, take delayed. Right. That's happening actually tomorrow. Some sports are allowed to start. It depends on the individual leagues and schools now. The PIAA said, yes, go ahead. You can start Monday the 24th. But some leagues like both Berks uh, County Interscholastic Athletic Association and the Lancaster Lebanon League have pushed everything uh, another week for football. There are a few sports that can start tomorrow, like golf, tennis, and cross country, I believe. And then the uh, the, the following week is when the majority of the sports are going to get started um, yeah. I think actually as soon as uh, Friday, September 4th, uh, boys and girls soccer, field hockey, water polo, girls volleyball, uh, all those uh, all those fall sports, everything will be up and running within two weeks. And hopefully with the start of school, everything will be okay and we can get um, a sense of normalcy back and normalcy back and you know, high school sports are, are, are a part of that, and they're going to at least give it a go. And hey, that's all we could ask for. That's right. They, uh, they, yes, yeah. Like you said, and we were talking about this kind of a little bit before, like um, they're going to give it a shot and, and see what happens. So uh, the things are in place. It's kind of up to the people to make it happen now. Um, you want it? Do, do what you're supposed to do, right? And uh, hopefully that will help get the desired result. Absolutely. So... We uh, are here back on the regular show this week, but from here on out, we are going to be doing Bulldog Hour, so you'll have to uh, hold off on any more NHL or NFL talk until probably sometime in November. Um, you know, knock on wood, I, I want it to be that way, because if we're not doing Bulldog Hour, there's two bad things that could have happened. One, coronavirus uh, got its way, or two, Wilson is not doing well enough to play into November. So I really hope that we're not doing episode 315 of this show until, you know, closer to Thanksgiving. Right, exactly, exactly. But um, we're going to talk uh, hockey tonight because we haven't talked hockey since, honestly, what was it, right before the shutdown? Did yeah. We talk about how hot the Flyers were. Right, how incredibly hot they were. And here we are, you know, five plus months later. And we'll get still hot, still pretty hot. I mean, they, they cooled off a bit. They had a little tough go of it in their first round series. Yeah. But if you were following the playoffs, you were following the, the tune up series, the, the round robin, the, right. the play in series, and then the first round, you knew that their matchup with the Canadians wasn't exactly an easy one, even though they were the 12th seed. Right. By the numbers, it would be. But they moved right through their preliminary round like where they had to earn their way in yeah um against the penguins too right so and they they put cast Car- them aside right. four games carry price was carry price of old that's not to knock carry price of now but just you know he was uh making it happen and uh the flyers you know got some great games out of uh carter hart and yeah it, it was fun to watch it it, it was well, I, I know we're going to get into this, but basically one of the things that I, I thought about was a lot the last week or so was how coming into this restart of the NHL, you explained to like our group, you were, you were talking about how the Flyers were in a great position because they got into that fourth seed right before 
things shut down. And then when that happened, um, the way the restart was set up, they had these round robins, and they could not hurt themselves. The worst they could be right. is four exactly. coming out of the round robin. The best they could be is one. And they won their way up to that first seed, um, which then creates the matchup with the Canadians. And, yeah, it, you know, it, it's one series at a time. And once you get, especially through that first round, and honestly, in hockey, you see upsets a lot. Um, but now that you're through that first round, it, it's going to obviously continue to get tougher. But, man, the Flyers, for the most part, were able to pick up where they left off and, and kind of keep going. And again, the numbers, you look, oh man, a one seed against what was a 12 seed and then, you know, was just the lowest remaining seed. Yeah, it's not that simple though, because it's not, like you said, it's five months removed. These teams aren't exactly what they were in a week into March. Right. It was amazing in that round robin to see them play the way they did because those games, they weren't all dominant wins, but they were all nice wins that they... They had incredible performances. They had great goaltending, and they had some uh, some clutch scores. Their, their biggest negative in this followed them into the first round was a lack of power play prowess. Yes. Um, they really struggled in in that category. And if they want to be a legit Stanley Cup contender, they're gonna have to figure that out. Because now, after you know going three and zero in the round robin, earning that Eastern Conference number one seed, they have to play the Islanders who also were, you know, they were fighting to get into the playoffs. I think they were, were they the, what seed were they? I don't know. I'm trying to think now off the top of my head, what seed they were, but I mean, they're, they're obviously they weren't one of the top four. They were in the lower half. They upset the Capitals in the first round and going into even the round Robin play. Um, actually this may have been like when they re, Startup training camp happened in, in July um, on The Athletic. The one writer, uh, Charlie, put out his list of the 11 possible opponents for the Flyers like on their way to the Stanley Cup. And I think this actually was specifically, who would you most want to f- see the Flyers play in the first round, the first meaningful round? And both the Canadians and Islanders are right in the middle. They weren't the easiest, but they weren't the, they weren't the toughest either. Right. But they were the like because of their seeding, you would expect them to see them higher on the list. Like, yeah, you want to play them, right? No, you don't. And we saw why in the Canadian series because how they were under five hundred in the regular season just blows my mind, right? Because of the way they played Pittsburgh and Philadelphia over the last few weeks, Montreal was a tough out. And again, you get a hot goaltender, and Carey Price has been one of the best, if not the best, for you know a decade now. That can just carry a team, and that yeah. gritty chippiness, and just like won't go away. They're just a pain in the butt. They blew out the team the one time. Um, now it's the Islanders, and yeah. they're coached by Barry Trotz, yeah. who just won the World World Series, just won the Stanley Cup two years ago with the Capitals, and he has them playing really well too. And he, uh, they're going to pose nightmare matchups for the Flyers now. The Flyers have the better talent than the Canadians, and they came out on top. And they have the better talent on paper than the Islanders. But it's going to come down to Carter Hart again. He's right. got to be able to play the way he did in the round robin. For the, he played two of the three round robin games. And then 
he played really well in four of the six yeah. games against the Canadians. Yeah. And, you know, the the series ending four to two, you can kind of figure out um, yeah. when when Hart wasn't at the top of his right. game. And, and one of those, one of the, right, one of those he was not good. And the other he just, it was not as drastic, but he wasn't good enough. And you don't need a shutout every night. Oh, it certainly helps. Certainly. But, yeah, if you don't let the other team score, you win in hockey. Like, it's not going to end in a tie. If, if you don't give up a goal, you will win. And so, yeah, yeah I mean, that, that's huge. You look at that. Um, and that also takes some stress when you're getting those great goaltending outings. It takes some stress away from that power play, even though you're right. They need that to come through. The way people are talking, and I say people, I mean, just like, the announcers as you're watching and stuff like that. I say announcers, analysts and things like that. I think a lot of people are going to be on the Islanders in this next round. Um, I could see that. And, and the Islanders are certainly good enough to do it. That's not it. Um, but like you said, I, it would be a shame because I feel like the ceiling for this Flyers team is really high. Um, but we'll, we'll see. They've got to put it together. They, they, played good enough to beat the Canadians and they beat them four too. But you know, there are some moments where you're like, Oh my gosh, like you need to get this under control. Um, and you can't have as many of those against the Islanders. Cause I think at least the way they've been playing right now, the Islanders are better than the Canadians. And like you said, they're, they're really well coached a coach who has just been there and done that. Um, so you're, they're going to have to step it up. And you see that in... That's what happens in the playoffs, though. You survive in advance, and now you need to regroup. You need to, like, tighten things up. You right. need to get better in this round if you want to advance. You can't have step backs. Now, the advantage to a sport like hockey is it's a series, you know, so if you can limit that, that step back to a game or so, that's always that's not the end of the world. It's not one and done like the NFL or something like that. But you dig yourself a hole against a good team, it's over. You know, like right. you, you can't let that happen. Um, so they need to regroup and come out strong and get game one. Like, you know, get game one, get some confidence going. Maybe get a couple goals on the power play would be nice to kind of get that rolling and uh, you know have a solid performance from Carter Hart and we'll we'll keep things going. So where would you? What are what are your predictions for this Ooh. round against the Islanders? I'm gonna go Flyers in six. Same thing, Flyers in six. Yeah, I just I've seen them rise to the occasion a lot the last eight months. <laughs> <laughs> You're um, not wrong. You're right. not wrong. So more more for the first three, and then this one. But like you know, I I just think. I, I, I like where they're at. I like that while things aren't perfect, you know, great teams find a way to win. I feel like these Flyers teams are finding a way to win. And it, not necessarily every game. And that that's not, they're not a dominant team, but they're a really good team. And a really good team over the course of seven games is going to be, going to get their chances. And I, I think the Flyers can get enough of those chances. And I think they can make the most of them. 
Like, look at the room for improvement. Imagine if they had played, like, perfectly and eked out a couple wins and right. win 4-2 to against the Canadians. Then I'm thinking, oh, I don't know how they've got it. But I'd say they played B. Like, if I had to give them a grade, I'd give them a B. You know what right. I mean? Like, yeah, they played pretty solid. Had some down moments. Had some great moments. Room for improvement. Right. Well, if they get to B plus or A minus, an A minus, I think, certainly gets us through. Yep. B plus, I think, might be like a seven game series. I think they're getting to that A minus in this round. Like that's that's probably my fandom and my biases coming through. But they get to an A minus, I think they win in six or you know, and and get it done. So let's just recap before we move on a little bit because we've been mentioning a lot of these things. But let's get some of the numbers. So the Flyers went three and zero in the round robin play. They opened um, the. Uh, the round robin play in the Eastern Conference against the Bruins, who they beat four to one. It was a very, very good game. Uh, they they looked in control. Of course, Boston was in, at full strength at that time. Mm-hmm. They still had Rask and uh, Pasternak was not injured. Uh, they were off for a few days before beating the Capitals. That one was a little closer, but they ended up winning three to one. And then uh, they took apart the Lightning, uh, four to one, and so they beat the East two top seeds going into you know before the pause. Four to one. Well, and it was interesting for the Lightning, too, because, or, sorry, for the Capitals, too, because they kind of were the opposite of some of these teams that were able to stay hot through through the long break. So, Philly entered the Montreal uh, game as the number one seed, hosting the, the worst team left, which ended up being the Canadians after they upset the Penguins in five. Uh, Philadelphia... Won four out of the six games to clinch the series, but it wasn't easy. Philadelphia won the first game two to one, so close, tight, but just showed that they could play the Canadians game and still win uh, without some of their their top talent rising uh, rising up. But then they got absolutely shellacked the next day, losing five or the next game five to nothing, and we were in for a series. Thankfully, Carter Hart stepped up his game, and yeah. the defense helped him out immensely. The next two contests. Winning by shutout, one nothing and two nothing. That's they insane. Yeah, they they couldn't put it away though, and and uh, lost to the Canadians five to three, and that was a back and forth game. Right, um, but, and that's the one where he didn't play well enough. But I I look at that one as the dude just gave you back to back shutouts, yeah. and I know the fifth goal they scored four, but like that fifth goal, I know yeah, empty netter. Right, but like at the same time, I'm just like you you've got to be kidding, like. It didn't feel like they gave up five goals in that game to me. Does that make sense? Yeah, like, no, I understand. I, I guess. As opposed but, to game two, where they, it seemed like how many did they want to score? That's what they were going to score, kind of thing. Yeah. Uh, thankfully, they came back two days later, and despite their best efforts, they were able to hold on. Carter Hart looked third, very good. That third period. Oh, that was rough. It was rough, but I... It, when I think about it, that's what elimination hockey a lot of times looks like. The yep. team that is with their back against the wall, the Canadians, was full on pressure and was you know putting it on. Like that's what you expect to see. It's not you can't just run the clock down. You know, in, in hockey, no. you can't do that. Um, so it, it was, yeah. Carter Hart had his had his moments. Not a ton of time off, which I kind of like. They pick up yes. play tomorrow against the Islanders, 7 o'clock. Uh, they'll be the designated home team. The Islanders are the sixth seed, but they've been as hot as the Flyers and the Canadians were entering the, their series. 
the the Islanders are seven and two in nine games. They were able to um, to send the Florida Panthers packing in the play-in series, uh, sweeping them uh, three games to none. Remember that was a best of five, and then they took uh, the Capitals out. That was uh, the number three seed in no. the Eastern Conference. Then um, they won their series four games to two. You you may know this better than I do, but we talk about the designated home team, and people may think, oh, that's not that big of a deal. But I believe in it's hockey. The changes. Right. Yeah. Like when you do the changes at, at stoppages, um, the home team gets to send their line out second. So yes. you get to see who the other team yeah. is putting out and there you before decide. you decide. And matchups are huge in hockey. Right. And you mentioned there are some tough matchups for the Flyers in this round. That having that advantage, where in more of the games, in four of the games, if needed, they would have the home or that second choice. Um, yeah, it's like getting to bat in the bottom of the ninth, kind of. You know, yeah, like like you yes. you go out knowing, or like you know, in college football, how you a lot of teams pick to be on defense first because then they know what they have. Like it's just there's a little bit more of the known. Um, so yeah, we'll, we'll see. Yeah, so uh, I wouldn't say there's a ton of the Islanders don't have a ton of big name no. talent, uh, but I would say that about the Canadians too. Because right. besides Carey Price, what what no. NHL fan knows a ton of Montreal Canadian players? Not too many. No, like, I don't know if before I started watching the series, if I could have named a Canadian other than. Carey Price. I really don't know. Domi was the only one because That's I read a right. story on yeah, him true. earlier this year. That was the only reason, though. That's the only reason. Yeah, so uh, it's, it's going to be interesting with the Islanders as well. They're, well, they they sort of had a um, a split in goal this year, but Semyon Varlamov is is the guy. He, he started 45 games for them, uh, and I would think he gets the nod over Thomas Grease. Uh, but like name wise, there's just not a lot of big names. Um, at least not the ones that are going to be, um, dangerous and, and ones that you're going to have to keep an eye on. Um, their best players are, uh, Matthew Barzel, Brock Nelson, and Anders Lee. They were their top three points, uh, accumulators this season. Um, perhaps people know the name Derek Broussard and Johnny Boychuk. Matt Martin, and um, oh, 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 they also have Andrew Ladd, but he has very, very sparingly played. Um, so really, Varlamov, the goalie, and honestly, Derek, Derek Broussard and Johnny Boychuk are probably the name-wise that, that I know. I don't know a lot of these other, other players. I'm not familiar with their names. Um I know there's probably a, a large contingent that is our big Josh Bailey fans, but really, I don't know. I probably know this team less than I know the Canadians team, which is surprising because I didn't know any of the Canadians either. No, that's, either. that's where I would probably fall to. It, it, it's, 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 uh, it's something. But they're, they're just very similar to the, uh, the Canadians in the terms of uh, they're a poor matchup for the Flyers. Uh, they're they're a very good four checking team. They they just match up well against those 
more talented, higher ceiling players, mm-hmm. and they can they're just they're just what Flyers teams like to be built on are in the past and toughness and grit. I feel like the Islanders and Canadians are teams that take use that to their advantage right. to be pain, you know, right. pain in the butt, stick around, and then the, if they take advantage of situations that you give them, whether it's a turnover, um, or, or you know, power play or something like that. Those are things that keep them in the game. If the right. Flyers can minimize their mistakes and play their game and not get stuck into a rut at center ice, uh, they'll be okay. So yep. I, I think I'm with you though. I, I think I'm I think a lot of people are gonna maybe think, oh, maybe the Islanders can pull this upset and, and they're gonna they're going to people are gonna be jumping on the Islanders after the way the Flyers and the Canadian series went. Where really that series was very close, even though it was decided in six, not seven. Two Flyers shutouts, close games, and then the other two Flyers victories were only by a goal as well. You know, the Flyers did not, the Flyers are due for a big uh, outburst offensively, and they I, haven't gotten it I'd yet. I'd take that in game one. That would be nice. I'd take that in the first four games. That's yeah, fine. yeah. Um, but honestly, I think. 20, I, go, 20 goals over the first four games. Five, five to one games, the first first four. Yeah. I think the Flyers are going to, for some reason, I think they're going to respond to the challenge that the Canadians gave them and not let the Islanders stick around. I think the Flyers win it in five. Oh, man, that would be awesome. I would be, I mean. Because, again, well, let's be honest, if they do it in five, then then we're looking at not, they didn't just survive in advance. They're, get, they're becoming a well-oiled machine at that time. You know, it's how you start to feel. Um, if they're able to really start to ramp it up, that would yeah. be, that would be exciting. That would be really exciting. Josh Bailey is the Islanders' leading point scorer so far for the Islanders in nine games. He's got ten points, two goals, eight assists. Their leading goal scorer is Anthony Beauvillier. I can't even say his last name. He's got six goals and nine total points. And I didn't mention Jean Gabriel Pergo. Uh, he's a bigger name too. He is second on the team in goals and. Uh, right up there in the top five in points as well. So those are your big names. But Semyon Varlamov uh, is the goalie. He's 7-2. and two, And his goals against average in the playoffs, 1.67. Let's, let's see that go up. Yeah, so we'll, so we'll be all right. His save percentage is up at 9.34. So, yeah, um, the Islanders are playing very, very well defensively. They're getting, uh, they're getting um, you know, obviously enough goals when they need to. But defensively, just they just really, really. Uh, been... It's kind of funny because that's at least how I remember it. That's very different than the way the Capitals did it two years ago. When you're talking about the coach, um, you know they had offense, but I believe they had um, goalie issues into the playoffs that year, and then the, they had a goalie kind of a, secure the job in the playoffs. Um, you know, so just kind of interesting that this coach has taken multiple styles into into the playoffs and found some success both ways. So this, so in the nine games the Islanders have played, no opponent has scored more than three goals against them wow. in nine games. Uh, they won games two to one, four to two. They then lost the game three to two, but then they won five to one. Uh, so I'm sorry they did not uh, they did not win their first series 3-0. It was 3-1. I, I messed that one up. Way to go! Uh, yeah, sorry. Uh, but then they beat that the Capitals. changes everything. <laughs> they beat the Capitals four to two, 
five to two, two to one in overtime to go up three nothing. They then lost uh, three to two and then won four nothing. So there's there's shutouts in there. There's two or one goal games. I just I don't know that the Flyers are going to be able to win a one nothing, two nothing game. I feel like the offense is gonna have to light the lamp to beat this team. Yeah. Uh, and I look hopefully at it. They wake up because. They didn't score as yeah. much as we had hoped they would against right. the Canadians. And I, I look at it also, though. You didn't see a ton of games where they were their offense for the Islanders was just destroying teams, even though their defense was doing really well. You know, like, so, you know, I, I feel like, yeah, I, I just feel like the Flyers are going to step up. I, I really do. I, do too. I think, I I think they take why, a step forward. And, um, I'm ready to be hurt again. <laughs> <laughs> well, we'll find out tomorrow night, 7 o'clock against the Islanders. They'll follow that up with an afternoon game, 3 o'clock on Wednesday, and then again right back the next day, Thursday at 7. So we've got three Flyers games in the next four days, and uh, by the time the weekend gets here, we should have a pretty clear picture of if this is uh, going to be a 6-7 game series or if this could be a shorter series. Hopefully, no matter what, it's in the Flyers' favor. So Monday, Wednesday, Thursday, Saturday are the first four games alternating uh, late evening and afternoon, 7-3-7-12. So, yeah, by the time we have our Bulldog Hour next weekend, uh, four games will be done in the Flyers-Islanders series and hopefully right. so, uh, it works so in the Flyers' favor. Maybe we'll be able to celebrate a, a Flyers sweep uh, at our fantasy draft next week. That season. would be amazing. That would be amazing. Uh, I, I, I am, I, like, as much as I don't like the matchup with the Islanders for the Flyers, I still go back to talent and potential on paper. You know, the overall group, <laughs> the Lightning and Bruins are better than the Islanders. That's mm. why they're the the two and the four seed in the in the playoffs now it's why they were the one and two seed before the round robin started the bruins and lightning are better than the islanders and not having to play them in the second round can only work in philadelphia's favor right so right. now you got to you look at that aside and win these games right because you, you you look they had if you had to pick any of the teams that were in that previous round i would have picked the canadians not saying they're not good they're here. They're playing. Like obviously, they they have talent and they have a great goaltender, like you said. But again, if I'm looking at the the remaining three teams that are possible for the Flyers to have been playing, I'm picking the Islanders I'm, every time, without question. And that means you know you're basically you're saying your path is Canadians, Islanders, at, and then, and then one of the Bruins or Lightning. Right. So yeah, sign me up. If you would have said coming into the restart. That that would have been your path. I don't know who wouldn't have taken that. Right. And and the thing is, against this Islanders team, like you said, if if they don't get it done, they don't deserve it. You know, like they, they need to get it done. It's not like there's things going against them here. They they need to get it done. Yeah. I mean, and I know immediately before, if the Flyers beat the Islanders and get to the Eastern Conference Final for the first time in a decade, then they'll definitely a decade, right. They'll definitely years, be an underdog in the next round. They'll they'll probably be an underdog in the next round, especially if they have a tough time with the Islanders. But even so, until they beat the Lightning or the Bruins to get to the Stanley Cup, people are just going to scream, "Oh, you beat the 12 seed and the mm-hmm. six seed!" Right. It doesn't right. matter that those teams had to upset teams that were in front of them to right. begin with. Right. Exactly. But it's just like there's 45 of all, all but 45 years of angst built up in Philadelphia, and people just throw everything at them when it comes to Flyers hockey because it's been, you know, over four and a half decades or almost four and a half decades since the Stanley Cup has been here. So people are going to look for other reasons to 
chide this team and the fan base, but I don't care at all. Like, it no. makes no difference to no. me whatsoever. Whoever the lowest seed out in West, if that's who the Flyers play and end, if they should get there and, and they end up winning, I don't care if it was the ninth seed or whatever. I it do doesn't not matter. care. One iota. Nope. I do not care. Nope. Whatsoever. <laughs> so go ahead, bring it on, hmm. all of you uh, Penguins fans and I don't know, Devils fans or Rangers right. fans, if you think any of us See, that I can Right, and I, I feel like the Penguins are even like l- least on that list because they lost to the Canadians. Right. Like, you lost to them in four games and we just beat in six. So, yeah, I don't want to hear it, but you know it's going to come up. So I figured we'd maybe address right. it off the top. But People only hate when you matter. Yeah, that's, that's right. Yeah. People only care about you when you're good. Right. So if the haters are coming out, that just means one thing, and I will take it. Uh, so, yeah, talking Flyers feels good. Excellent start to um, the playoffs, and hopefully it can continue, and uh, we'll be watching Flyers hockey <laughs> into the greatest month of the year, October. Oh, man. <laughs> uh, so let's talk a little bit of football here. Don't exactly have anything specific to say, but without any preseason games, not a lot's been going on, but it is kind of interesting to think that in 18 games, the first NFL uh, contest kicks off uh, the wow. Chiefs on Thursday night. I, it does feel like out of nowhere, just right. because of the way the sports world has been. Wow. Yeah, so uh, Labor Day is September 7th. That Thursday, the 10th, is the first NFL game. Yeah, you know what? That means, like, this week we're going to hit the halfway of training camp, aren't we? Uh, we might be We might be there now. I, I was going to say, I was just kind of, like, buying myself a little bit of time there at Wiggle Room. But, yeah, like, teams report that, yeah. Wow. I know. It's, it's interesting to think of. Of course... Talking NFL and, and promising my uncle we'd be live, he had something to uh, chime in about, and it was actually to uh, call us out oh, that we uh, screwed up our picks a month ago <laughs> when we did the uh, the AFC East, and more specifically, he's talking about our playoff pick because he says we we each had at least one, if not two, third place teams make the playoffs <laughs> over our second place teams. So I guess we were second guessing ourselves there of who we wanted where. Um, so Uncle Rich says, just a note on your wild card picks. Joe, you took the third place Falcons over your second place Saints for the wild card. <laughs> and I took the third place Cardinals over the second place 49ers for the wild card. Uh, but I did take the second place Eagles. Justin, you took third place 49ers over your second I, I place knew, Cardinals. I knew I did that when um, I made the call too. So we both had issues in uh, the NFC West. He says, don't worry about making mistakes. I'll keep track of them for you. <laughs> and then he says, getting ready for our draft. So we've been in a fantasy football league that I've been running for oh, now. Man. I think this is the 16th year. Oh, my gosh. Uh, we started in 2005, and most of the original crew is, is still here in, in some form. That's crazy. Yeah, so it's uh, – let's see if I can do this off the top of my head and not forget anyone. So it's me, my dad, and my cousin Todd. Uh, my cousin Nick, then uh, Uncle Bob and Uncle Rich came in a few years after we started, but he's in there. That's one division. That's the the family division we call it. Um, and then, well, actually, I think Nick might be in the other division. But now, most recently, um, my sister in law Amy is joining us this year. We've got Adam, we've got Greg, we have you, 
and then also Jason and Isaac, right. who are the defending champions right. of our right. league. And they will get the uh, trophy, which is uh, being redone as we speak. Right. It's going to have nice new plates on it, recognizing our champions, 15 of them. Uh, crazy. It started with the fall of 05. And how, how many of, how many times are you on there? I'm on there twice. Okay. Right. Uh, I'm on there twice. I know you're on there twice as much as that. <laughs> um, and my uncle. Oh, also oh am I? I? That's just coincidence. Yeah. I, I couldn't remember. I just was, was wondering. And the thing that pains me is that I've lost to you and my <laughs> uncle in the championship. So, um, the only thing worse would be losing to my dad, probably. Oh, I, I got to beat him in the championship already, so that's always fun. I think that actually was that the first year. First, I can't remember if that was my first championship or second championship. Beating my dad and Todd is always the best. Nothing will ever top when they went undefeated in the regular season, and then I beat them in the first round of the playoffs, though. That that will forever. Be that was very Cowboys record. of them. Yeah. So. They also have two two uh, titles on their uh, yes. to their credit as well. So does Greg. So. Mm-hmm. Um, make, making its way around, just a couple teams left out. I know mm-hmm. Uncle Rich, I think, has three. So, okay. um, yeah, good stuff. But yeah, my my mother, my mother-in-law, my sister-in-law, Amy's joining us, and she is being known as the Steel City Divas. So we get a little Pittsburgh flavor. I'm, I'm gonna, I'm not gonna lie, I'm a little worried about the <laughs> Steel City Divas. So like, I did talk a little to bit of, a little bit of a wrinkle and an unknown in in the league this yeah, year. Yeah, well, and this isn't her first time no no she's i'm been playing I, i'm i'm aware that's why i'm nervous <laughs> i'm a little anxious here um she's yeah, sorry she, i'm yelling i'm just she, getting anxious here she's been playing fantasy football for probably as long as as i have and uh i don't know how many times she's won but she is routinely very good so, so she's gonna come in and, and wipe wipe us wipe the floor with all of us isn't she she's also taking over terry's team and as much as crap as we've given terry in the past last year he was the runner up the cupboard is not bare (laughs) (laughs) right no she had to choose between just these three i don't even know what the rest were but she had to choose between tyreek hill um who was the other one well lamar jackson and oh ezekiel elliott she actually let lamar jackson go and I, Mm. i talked to her this weekend about why because i said that i was surprised she wasn't keeping lamar and she said um that she just thought that she could get an equal of quarterback but not so much in in the wide receiver and running back you can get quarterbacks a lot more readily available but the main reason was because she's a huge Steelers fan (laughs) she hates having to root for a fellow afc north team uh, so she just couldn't couldn't keep Lamar Jackson, and I know a lot of people would think that's crazy, but I get it when you oh. talk about the fandoms. But also, I like I know this sounds blasphemous, but I still am not sold that Lamar Jackson's going to be what he was last year. And right. I know people said that about Mahomes last year after his mm-hmm. 2018, and he still had a pretty darn good 2019. I mean, I think Chiefs fans would take what happened in 2019 over over 2018. Right. And you know what? I think Ravens fans would sign up. Because, like, look, if you if if you look at it that way, Mahomes and the Chiefs had a disappointing end to their season in the playoffs two years ago. And then Mahomes stepped up even more and had an incredible year and led them, got them over the hump, and they win the Super Bowl this year. Like, how how crazy would it be if Lamar and the Ravens did just that and they get over the hump this year in the you know what I mean? Yeah. Like I know it's not exactly the same, but just it it would be kind of crazy. Yep. Um, I know I've mentioned to you that there's three Heisman winning quarterbacks in that division. Right. Like, 
Three out of the last four Heisman winning quarterbacks yeah. are out of that division. Um, it's crazy to think about. Yeah, it's it's going to be nuts. But so, I, I get that. I get that. Do you have any? I mean, it, it's tough for us to talk about this since we have our draft coming up next weekend. I was going to ask you about like, do you have any sleepers? But that's not really something that that you want to openly discuss as uh, like eighty percent of the people well, watching the show are in the league. Like, do you can you pull up the list of the of the keepers? Because like that, yeah. it doesn't matter if we talk about those, right? No, yeah, we can. They're already them. off the board. Yeah, actually, I'm um, right here. I believe I kept Alvin Kamara. You did. I was, you have Hopkins and Kamara, right? I was struggling with Kamara because he was kind of a letdown last year. Not that he had a terrible year, but he was just nothing really guaranteed. And I know you've been sold on this, like selling the Saints, I've been selling falling the Saints forever, for five years now. Um. But I, I think he has, like I said, he wasn't he wasn't terrible, but like I don't know that he was keeper worthy. Um, but I, I kind of went that route. I also thought I'd get a wide receiver and a running back to kind of start instead of two wide receivers. Um, but we'll, we'll see. I I don't know who'd you end up keeping. So I kept Deshaun Watson and Dalvin Cook. So not James Conner. No, so like, yeah, I got burned on the Steelers connection last year when Big Ben went down in the first half of the first game or whatever it was. Because then Juju never really got going, and everyone focused on Conner, and Conner was dealing with injuries, so neither of them... Amy should be thrilled then, because the Steelers and Juju and... They're Connor available. are going to have a huge. Well, no, they're going to have a huge. Oh, because year. I let him go, <laughs> yes, right? Yes. Yeah, of course. Um, yeah, so I kept Deshaun and Dalvin. The only other people that I really considered besides the two Steelers was I. I for a hot second, I considered Kenny Galladay because nice. I think he he's establishing himself as the main guy in Detroit. But yeah. again, Stafford was just inconsistent last year, and the team wasn't very good overall. I, and I was like, who do I not keep to keep Galladay? Do I drop right. Dalvin Cook? I honestly think it plays better that they're not doing the the contract talk anymore, but he is playing because yeah. now he's trying to prove that he needs the the new contract. I mean, actually, I think he becomes a free agent after this year. I think so. so. They'll obviously franchise him, but he's out there to prove that he's worth the franchise and a long-term deal. So as long as he stays healthy, I like the Dalvin Cook um, keep for me. And Deshaun Watson, I think is st- last year was a top five quarterback. Yeah. And, I just couldn't think of another receiver and running back that I have that I felt more comfortable with than Deshaun. I get it. And I get it. maybe without Hopkins, I mean, not having Hopkins, I think a lot of people would be, oh man, that's going to be killer. But I honestly think that they'll find a way to make it work. But I really am high on the 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 Texans situation because I think that that deal wasn't as lopsided as people made it out to be. No, I yeah, we've talked about that a, a bunch. So I like Johnson at, at running back. Like, yeah. I think the two the two Johnsons at running back, I right. think, could... It, if he they, stays healthy, man, that that's huge. And I, I think he could maybe... if Staying healthy is, is the most important part, but maybe the lack of Hopkins there allows him to use his legs a little bit more, and they have... If Bill O'Brien and his offense can come up with something that... Um, David and Duke is, and Deshaun in the is, back. Triple D in the back. Is Laramie Tunsil going to cement himself there? Because he struggled when he went over there. Yeah, he needs to. Um, I, I don't know. But 
that was my thinking, and that no, could I get it. Me. I get it. But I mean, I had um, a decent year last year, so well, that's like the only other person I thought of was, um, I think. Well, yeah, I, I actually, I don't really know. I, I, I knew. Um, Hopkins was going to be my guy. I think in Arizona, I think he's going to have a big year. Um, and like I said, Kamara was there. I, I considered some of the guys, but I just, I couldn't pull the trigger as in, like, I didn't think they were better than the guys I kept. Right. Um, that's not to say that I thought the guys I kept were better than other people. It's just like, based on what I had, I, those were the, who I feel like would translate the best to the next year. So we've we got about 10 minutes or so left, and we don't want to get into people we avoid or people we want because right, that would right, ruin right. it uh, for the, our draft pending. But we can talk about more about the keepers, and I don't have the list of who they had, but I think we can comment on... Yeah. I don't want to say if they'd be worth it to keep because if they had no one else, that's a moot point. Right, right. But just talk about some of the players that have been kept. Right. So Greg uh, kept Aaron Rodgers, so he okay. kept the quarterback and Barkley. Like, that's how, obvious. How do you not? Right, uh, you Barkley not? is a no-brainer. Rodgers, it probably, to me, depends on what else he had. I don't know what else he had. Right. But Aaron Rodgers is still one of the best quarterbacks in the league, so I can't fault and, him and for that. you're going to get an angry Aaron Rodgers because they drafted I his can't. replacement. So. Yeah, and we know how that worked out. You know, Favre ended up starting for another, what, three years right. before Aaron uh, so Rodgers like, took over. Aaron Rodgers is definitely... Out to prove something. Like, yeah. like I hope Dalvin Cook is. Right. Uh, now, Nick... Kept, uh, this was absolutely a no-brainer. Yeah. Patrick Mahomes and Michael Thomas, like yeah. arguably the top two at, e- at each of their position. Right. Um, maybe not necessarily in the fantasy world, but um, on the field, right. uh, Mahomes. Guess, was, and who are you keeping over them? Right. Like, yeah. What 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 argument are you making to not keep one of them? Right. Um. Now, now my uncle Bob and his Bobcats. Uh, he kept McCaffrey. Again, Again, obvious. He did keep Kenyon Drake. Now, we're high on the Cardinals, and if that offense comes together, that could be a a really under-the-radar keep for him. But I also don't know what else he had. Right. Right. So that one's a little bit of a surprise, but if it was the best he had available, I think he has a potential to to really help him out. If Arizona's offense makes the jump like you and I think they will. Right, because they add Hopkins. You got Fitzgerald still there. And you have, uh, you know, the, the young quarterback right. entering the second right. year. So Kyler Murray. If Kyler Murray is what we think he is, that could be that could be a solid, solid keep for him. Yeah. Um, now my my dad and my cousin. These I didn't get. No, Travis I'm Kelsey. I don't even remember. I just didn't give it a this is not the first year they've kept Kelsey. They're high on Kelsey. I get it. Him and Kittle are the top two at his the position. Yeah. No brainer with Mahomes being back and locked in yep. there. That team's ready to compete and maybe win again. So that that's no surprise to me whatsoever. And then Aaron Jones, who I think was a surprise fantasy stud yeah. last year, they're banking on him being back, and I, I can't blame him for that. I agree. Um, I, I think that it's a a higher risk to consider him being able to do that again. But I don't know that they had any other options that you would have right. kept over Aaron Jones. Um, now Adam, which Adam was texting us about his yes. uh, his follies with keepers in our mm. our league over the years. He talked about how he kept Kurt Warner over Peyton Manning, right. and Warner retired a year later. Um, he says he never has good luck with those, so he kept Julio Jones and Chris Godwin. Oh man, like I mean, that's two stud wide receivers right. to start there. I oh, just, 
And Tom Brady is Chris Godwin's quarterback, right. now, not Jameis Winston. Exactly. So, and Godwin had an incredible uh, sophomore season last year for the right. Bucks. Julio Jones is still Julio Jones. I just wonder how much longer can he keep doing it? Right. Because I think, but I saw something ridiculous. Like he hasn't had a year under like basically 1,300 receiving yards. Uh-huh. If it was at least the last five years or might have right. been ever. Some of those receiver stats, like my favorite is that Larry Fitzgerald one where he has more tackles than, than he drops. has drops in his career. That's crazy. That's like, insane. Because he's not playing on many, if any, special teams. So that's all meaning he's making tackles on interceptions, I guess. Yes. Interceptions <laughs> and fumbles. Yes. So, yeah, crazy to think that that's that. But, yeah, stats like that are really fun. But, like, the ones around Julio Jones are just kind yeah. of insane, too. And yeah. I can't fault Adam for, for keeping for keeping them. I had Julio Jones, I think, years ago um, when he was younger. But um, I don't think – I don't – I think I – or maybe maybe not. Maybe Sometimes I sometimes it's hard when you get those guys you – know, you know, when you have a good year and you've got three or four – four is – not as common, but it's not uncommon if you have a really good team to have three guys who are all worthy of it, and you got to let someone go. Yeah. So we talked about you with Hopkins and Kamara. I mentioned Amy kept uh, Ezekiel Elliott and Tyreek Hill over Lamar Jackson. Uh, my uncle and I talked to my uncle uh, Rich yesterday. Uh, he was asking questions about fantasy football and, and the way the draft was going to work out and what software we're using. And then we talked a little bit about the keepers and the rosters, and and he he was pretty high on uh, his keepers in Nick Chubb and Josh Jacobs because they're two young running backs and yeah. your running backs are your workhorses in fantasy. I think Nick Chubb's going to have a really good year. Uh, he was concerned about the concussion. Yeah. But I said, you know, they'll obviously know how to handle that and as long as he doesn't suffer another one, which, you know, it's right. a big big what if, but uh Chubb had a huge year last year for the Browns and if they actually play up to potential, he could have an even Ooh, bigger year. If they play up to potential, he that's going to that might be one of the best like underrated keeper picks that we have. And then the last one is always is the most interesting just because they're the defending league champions and their keepers inspire very little with me. And maybe I'm underrating them, but they're keeping, uh, this is Jason and Isaac. They're keeping Chris Carson. Yeah. And Odell Beckham. Yeah. I like, I think, I think there's, there's potential high, there. high risk, but yeah, if, but it's also hard to criticize when they're defending league champion. Right, you right. Know? Uh, yeah, we just won. Yeah. yeah, you guys are getting the trophy next Saturday. Uh, I don't want to be uh, that pessimistic or critical, but I also don't know what like I they that might have been their best options. Right, like right. there could have been an injury or a trade or a release or something that they didn't like about the other players. It's just it's crazy to me to think that Chris Carson and Odell Beckham. If you're if you're looking at the keepers, they're not the team that I think is coming off a victory. Right. Um, Amy's team, Nick's team, Mahomes yeah. and Thomas. Yeah. Like it's hard to top that. Yes. Uh, now of course, uh, Amy's team was the runner up uh, with Terry, so right. we're not that far off. It's just, uh, yeah. So Chris Carson and and uh, Odo Beckham. Now again. If the Browns' offense clicks, Beckham could have a huge year because Beckham, who do you cover? Beckham can be a top three receiver. He can be. He hasn't been for years, but he can be. Like man, yeah. So like just for- just from a, I want to watch high level football again. Right, I'm ready for that. I am. I want the Browns to be good, 
And I know that's blasphemous to like our families because Steelers and Ravens fans, you know, throughout our families, like, but just in terms of that, if that Browns team is, is good, that's going to be fun to watch that, that AFC North. Absolutely. And we talked about that when we talked about the AFC North, but man, I'm kind of hoping for that. So. Before we go, and I don't know if my uncle is able to watch live, uh, I did remind him that we were having a show uh, this evening. So if he didn't catch it live, he'll have to watch it later. Hopefully he's watching it and not listening to it because I wore this shirt just for him. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, it's a Miami miracle, which will never be let, lived down. It doesn't matter that the Dolphins are awful because it's an incredible play. And I now have two shirts commemorating it. And uh, I'm not... Uh, I'm not going to let him forget it, ever. Hey, it's always yeah, going to be there. Right. Take what you can get, right? Well, the best part is that three of the four people aren't even on the team right. anymore, um, which just shows the state of the Dolphins in uh, 2018 and, and 20 when that hey, happened in the last year. We all agree the Dolphins are on the right track right now. The so. Dolphins are, are going up, and uh, the Patriots are on their way down. So not to be outdone, I also have this. Nice, So I had nice. to get this one. This is good. Um, this is, uh, my uncle's keeper, Kenyon Drake, now an Arizona Cardinals player, but you know, just to go with my shirt, just want to commemorate this is a, a diving Rob Gronkowski. What's he even doing? What was he doing? I don't know. Weird. Doesn't play with the Patriots anymore either. So one, one quick, this is just a random football stat that I sent you the other day. Um, that just kind of whenever they talk about cap room and cap space, yeah, the Chiefs had a hundred and seventy-seven dollars of cap space coming into this offseason, and they signed like three or four players, and they signed three like, of the huge extended contract. or resigned right. their own players, right, including a half a billion dollar deal, yeah, to the quarterback. So when you, so like whenever a, a team says we don't have cap space, it just means they BS. don't want to they have don't cap want that cap space or. They don't know how to do it. They don't right, know how to right. play the yeah, game. Yeah, yeah. Which, to be honest, that is the worst case, is that they don't know how to do it. it it's better to at least fake the ignorance and say, oh, we don't yeah. have this space, because people will buy it. But, man, when I saw that, I was like, that is incredible. Yep. Good but, stuff. So, yeah. uh, real quickly, before we say goodbye, we uh, want to play one last uh, uh Advertisement for small player big play. For you, Being small player big play app, the all sports social media app for young athletes, live stream events for your friends and family who can't be there. At home or at work, they can watch your streaming on their phones or on TV by using a mirroring device or AirPlay 2. Download the app from the App Store or Google Play and create an account using a valid email address. That's it. Now you can find friends, join groups, or make new ones. You can upload and watch your own content for free. Watch YouTube uploads for free. Even more streaming options are available with our subscription plans and in-app purchases. Download the app and start sharing with the world your passion for sports today. Today. So I want to thank Small Player Big Play for sponsoring the show. Again, check out Small Player Big Play in the app stores on your Apple or Google device. 
and the app has really taken off with uh, the coronavirus pandemic, people not being allowed to or not wanting to go to scholastic or youth sporting events. So small player, big play is a way to get into the action, keep updated with your local teams. And the app is being used by a variety of high schools and youth programs in Pennsylvania, out in Ohio, down south in the Carolinas, out in, I believe, Iowa. And this is all done locally out of Pennsylvania, and it's just spreading across the nation, which is great. And I know there's still a potential for more schools to get on board here as Pennsylvania high school sports get underway. So definitely check that out. It's available on your app stores on your uh, phones and tablets. All right, Justin, any last words before we wrap up this episode? Um, No, Um, just looking forward to the fantasy football draft like we talked about and i would love to be celebrating uh some flyer success by by next saturday as well so yes not not expecting four wins but um it would be nice if they're well on their way that, that would be fun. that would be great that would be great so we will not be back on this show at least i don't think i know i said that a month ago we wouldn't be back till you know thanksgiving but things change and um we don't anticipate being back on this show episode three three fifteen won't be until uh, probably about three months from now, we will be on the Bulldog Hour, though. So if you're interested in hearing what Justin and I have to say about the Wilson High School Bulldogs football team from Westlawn, Pennsylvania, check us out at bulldoghour.com. Um, just hope everyone else stays healthy and safe and has a uh, has a good uh, start to the school year. And have oh, happy belated birthday to to my mom celebrated a little over a week ago and happy and, anniversary uh, to my parents their oh, 40th anniversary today oh wow so yeah, yes so. happy anniversary yeah. to uh jeff and cheryl and uh happy early birthday to my cousin rick um happy b- early birthday to uh, my cousin cousin's child morgan so uh actually i think might have been my aunt's birthday too aunt diane i think was celebrating too there's a lot of birthdays up in new england around this time and time of year so i uh, hope everyone had or will have a good one and um, we'll be back again in a few months, I guess. Yeah, Enjoy good. high school sports, the Flyers playoff games, and really soon the NFL season. We'll see everyone again real soon. Ever wish there was a sports app just for you? Introducing Small Player Big Play app, the Joe Mays and J-Rock show, brought to you by Mays Sandwich Shop. You can watch each weekly episode live on Facebook, Periscope, or YouTube. Be sure to like, follow, or subscribe to the show on Facebook, Twitter, YouTube, SoundCloud, Apple Podcasts, and Google Play. You can also rate and review us on many of these platforms as well. We'd love to hear from you. Send your email to the Mays Sandwich Shop inbox at joemaysandjraff at gmail.com. The Joe Mays and J-Rap Show is a part of the JMNJR Radio Network, home to other productions such as the Bulldog Hour, Tangents with Friends, and Nat Chats with Dad. Until next time. <laughs>